All right. It is Wednesday, October 23rd. I love that music. It's such a uh, such a chill, relaxed way to get into the show. Um, thanks again to the regulators out there for hooking me up with that, uh, for working with me on that. Greatly appreciated. Um, but yeah, here we are. It is Wednesday, October 23rd, and uh, we've got some NFL power rankings uh, to get to. Um, fortunately, unlike last time, um, this podcast coincides with an article up on Stampede Blue, uh, the Colts SB Nation page, where I usually had been giving out my my power rankings there. And the idea of it was, since it comes out Wednesday afternoon, put the episode out Wednesday morning, perfect, podcast is the first place you can get the information. That way, you know, you listen here first instead of having to go to the article to check it out. And um, last week, I submitted it too early. I, I finished the article Tuesday morning, and so Tuesday afternoon, I got a notification it was published, and I was like, well, shit, uh, it's, I haven't even recorded the episode yet. So this time around, submitted the article at night, doing the podcast now. Um, it is, it is, I guess, the wee hours of October 22nd, uh, Tuesday, but um, here we are, power rankings time, and, and before we get there, I know a couple trades in the NFL, so kind of like what we did earlier this week when, uh, or yesterday, jeez. That was earlier today when uh, Muhammad Sanu got traded uh, to the New England Patriots. We had Emmanuel Sanders get traded to the 49ers. And uh, let's just start there for a quick second, you know. Sanders was a guy that his in a contract year came out and said he to, to the Broncos he didn't feel like his um, potential was being maximized. And, and for a guy that's hitting the open market for maybe what might be the last big-ish deal that he can get, um, I would much rather want Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan than Joe Flacco um, throwing me the football in Denver. And so um, for Emmanuel Sanders, gets what he wants, hopefully can uh, perform well enough to get a, a good payday um, this offseason if things go well with the 49ers. And for San Francisco, look, um, Sanders is a, is a versatile wide receiver. He will start off on the outside opposite of uh, Marquise Goodwin. The idea is when Debo Samuel returns uh, from his injury that then he can move Sanders into the slot. And so Kyle Shanahan is a crafty guy. He'll get that all figured out. Um, and I, I really don't think that that's anything to worry about. I think that's a really good scenario for the 49ers. Um, listen, they're, they're looking at their start 6-0 and they're going, oh, shit, well, might as well might as well just go for the damn thing. Um, make some moves in there. Upgrade the team. Don't worry about the day two, day three draft picks for now. If you're focused on on really making a statement this year and one of the two undefeated teams in, in the NFL, the only undefeated team in the NFC, just just keep pushing forward. Tough game this week against Carolina, so they get Emmanuel Sanders in there before that too. So that's a that's a good start for um for the 49ers. And uh the other trade that happened, and um I guess this one wasn't as as big. Uh I guess it was it was good. It was Quandre Diggs heading over to the Seattle Seahawks. Um Seahawks, of course, God, have such a bad safety room. Uh, their, their safety play has been awful this year. So getting a guy like Quandre Diggs over from the Lions uh, is a solid choice. And for Detroit, I don't know. Making the move, I guess, kind of just admits, okay, we are at the very best, the third best team uh, in the NFC North. Of course, they lose to, to Minnesota this past week. Green Bay is up there. And, 
and they might still be the worst if Chicago can figure things out, and by the end of the season, they could be staring at last place in the division again. I know they were off to a really exciting start, and I'm, and I feel pretty good about the Lions, building a solid foundation to build upon with Matt Patricia, um, but I guess this trade is more so just a um, acquire picks. I, I, I don't know if it fully means that we're, we're just calling the season a wash, but I think with how competitive the NFC is in itself, let alone their own division, um, I think that Detroit has a, a pretty good understanding of where they're at and how they stack up against the NFC teams and and so decided to move on one of their players um, and, and get some picks in return now of course uh, Darius Slay wasn't too happy about that um, you know he's shot out some tweets calling it some bullshit and uh, I mean players of course don't want to see the you know talented players that they play alongside get shipped off elsewhere and after you know a strong start to the season and, and maybe just a couple losses here and there, you know, you fall to the Vikings and green Bay and, and you lose to Kansas city. Those are three good teams to lose to. I don't think that that means that the, that the, um, that the lions are a bad team because they lost to, to, you know, two division rivals, one of which I think is the best team in the NFC and we'll get there later. And the other to Kansas city with, with Mahomes, And when Mahomes is there, they're the second best team in the AFC. So, um, maybe the Lions jumped the gun a little too early. Um, but also, I don't think they gave up. It's not like they're giving up their best players out there. I mean, um, certainly a talented safety that'll help out Seattle a lot. But I, I, I don't put too much into it. But uh, maybe they maybe they were a little too quick to jump the gun just because they lost to some some talented teams. But for Seattle, definitely an upgrade uh, at the back of their defense. They needed help on that secondary, especially at, at the safety position. And um, you know, like we saw, Baltimore put up what I think thirty on them this past week. Um, I wasn't a fan of Seattle's defense heading into the season. I don't think, you know, I mean, the, the trade for Jadavion Clowney was a big splash. Um, of course, they also have, uh, who's that boy on the other edge? Oh, God. I am completely fumbling right now, so we're just going to pull up the uh, Seahawks depth chart. Who am I thinking of? Who's that, who's that guy? Some of you are just screaming you know, from your cars right now, who I'm talking about. Oh, Ziggy Ansa, there we go. <laughs> Getting him in from Detroit um, uh, on the opposite side. Um, but, man, you take a look, linebackers, safeties, man, uh, starting off with Tedrick Thompson and Bradley McDougal, uh, Marquise Blair in there as well, too. Now you get Quandre Diggs to add some depth there. Certainly will help things out. But, uh, yeah, those were the big trades uh, that we saw today. Still some maybe on the horizon. Um we talked about Sanu in yesterday's episode, so make sure to go and check that out as well, too. Um, that was my the week seven uh, NFL game recap. I talked about the trade at the beginning of the episode uh, because it came out uh, in the morning before the show had published. So I thought, hey, let's just get on and add that piece in there as well, too. So um, through, through some conversation about that talk in there, wanted to just touch quickly on the trades here. Um, uh, and, uh, and yeah, just a few other notes. Um, like I said, you know, please, if you enjoy the show, um, you know, please, uh, you know, leave a, a five-star rating, subscribe to the podcast. I really appreciate your feedback. Even if it's negative feedback, tell me what you, what you think I need to uh, improve upon. I appreciate it. We're, I'm, I'm just trying to build something here that's enjoyable for all of us. And so, uh, make sure to do that. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. Uh, I talk all things NFL. Um, soon I'll be talking about how sad it is to be a Knicks fan. Um, and then also make sure to check out my other podcast, Reasonably Outrageous, with Matt Wyrick. Um, we just put out an episode yesterday, World Series predictions, um, NBA playoff picture 
NBA champions, NBA uh, regular season awards. So check that one out. We have another one coming out on Friday. Normally those episodes are Wednesday and Friday. So most weeks it will uh, coincide with with this podcast that you're listening to now. That one will be out there. But um, because the NBA season started on Tuesday, we wanted to get that out before the season kicked off. So uh, make sure to follow us on there too. And yeah, keep on checking out all the stuff we're working on. It's, it's, a, it's a fun time here. But anyways, let's, let's dive into the power rankings. And I'm going to try and keep this concise um probably within you know uh i'm, I'm hoping we, we don't go above 35 minutes on this episode so that's the goal we're setting here is to to finish this up in in the next um 26 minutes so so let's let's get into it all right so we are just going to breeze through these bottom teams because um i pretty much have them in just about the same spots as last time around um let me just uh make sure i've got all of this as accurate as possible. So I'm just going to pull up um, all of my stuff here. Uh, at the bottom, there's no surprise. It's the Miami Dolphins. Look, they, they almost had a chance uh, to beat the Bills. Um, fun podcast I like to listen to with, uh, with uh, of course, part the, the ever-famous part of my take. They always like to say something nice about the Dolphins, and I like to do that too. Uh, they led during the game, which was very cool. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a lead over the Buffalo Bills, but... Um, Look, Miami's the worst team. They're they're actively trying to lose. Um, I don't think there's much to say. They're looking to trade uh, at least Kenyon Drake. Maybe Xavier Howard is a guy that could be on the move. Very talented corner. Uh, Miami's the worst team in the league, um, and, and they should be taking a quarterback at the top of the draft next year. And actually, you know, three first round picks they could they could do a lot of damage. Kind of like what we saw with the Raiders last year with their with their three first round picks. Number thirty one, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, last week they were my number 30 team. Uh, they fall back here after, um, I guess they're just, they're, they're pretty bad loss to Jacksonville. Um, I look, I, I don't watch the Bengals when they're on. I can't tell you exactly how many games I I've actually watched from Cincinnati this year. I, I watched the condensed versions, um, on game pass, but, um, I'm not searching for them on my channels on Sundays. Look, I will, if they, they give Ryan Finley a shot though. I think by week 10, we could see Finley out there to finish the rest of the season since they did, you know, spend a draft pick on him. I think Andy Dalton is, is out the door. And so if you're going to draft a quarterback um, with the first or second overall pick, maybe see what you got out of the rookie you took the year before. And so I will be excited to watch Finley watch. He was my second graded quarterback uh, in the draft class um, ahead of ahead of Drew Locke, ahead of Dwayne Haskins. My top four was Kyler, Finley. Uh, Locke and Haskins in that order. I was a big Ryan Finley fan, and uh, I'd love to see him get a shot to finish out the season. But um, yeah, right now the 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 key for Cincinnati trade away some of your players that um, could benefit playoff teams, accumulate some picks, give your young quarterback a shot, and uh, do your best to stay in contention for the number one pick next year. Bengals at thirty one, Washington number thirty. Have them moving on up. Um, look the. Uh, the Redskins are a bad team. Um, actually, it, what was surprising was uh, the fact that they were the first team in, in, I'm trying to remember when the last time was, I want to say 2008, uh, that they were the first team to cover the spread uh, without scoring a single point. They were 10-point underdogs, uh, only lost 9 to nothing. Um, this game wasn't fun to watch unless you like, you know, slip and slides and... Uh, you know, Washington just didn't look good at all. They just were like, okay, we're just going to run the ball. Hopefully Adrian Peterson can break a few runs and uh, and keep this game interesting. Um, but, 
you could tell, you know, they weren't going to try and pass anything. And, and um, you know, three second half field goals by the 49ers put them away. Washington's a bad team. They're also dysfunctional as all hell. Uh, I really don't care for them. Uh, Redskins at 30. Atlanta Falcons at 29. The 1-6 and six Atlanta Falcons, they make me mad just because I was so damn wrong about them. Um, and now Matt Ryan is hurt, and he's going to be out for a couple weeks. I am not too um, excited. In a fun way, I'm excited to see Matt Schaub at 38 years old play football. Um, Dan Quinn taking on uh, his former Seahawks uh, this upcoming week where he used to be uh, their defensive coordinator before getting the Atlanta job. Um, maybe Seattle will take him back after next year because his days are numbered. Um, of course, trading Muhammad Sanu, you got a young guy like Calvin Ridley stepping up. I, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they go about this off uh, off season in Atlanta. They're going to have a top five pick. Do they go corner? Do they take the best edge guy? Um, I don't think they take anything on offense. They drafted two first round offensive linemen last year, um, and I and I don't think they need wide receiver. You know, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are a good one too. You wouldn't take a tight end up there. You wouldn't take a running back up there in this class. So I think they go defense. Okuda out of, house, oh, out of Ohio State would be great. If you can get Chase Young or Epinesa at edge, great fits too. Um, but the Falcons, really bad team. Don't care much to watch for them. Um, I'm losing money on them because I definitely put money on their win total. Um, Matt Ryan is hurt. Dan Quinn won't see the light of day in 2020. And uh, the Falcons are a mess. I've got them at 29. Now, on to my dear favorite New York Jets. Boy, oh boy, do I love uh, making fun of the New York Jets. Where to start? I mean, Adam Gase isn't isn't the future head coach here for the New York Jets. I feel very comfortable saying that. Um, what, what's his what's his claim to fame that he was uh, on the offensive coaching staff and, and was the offensive coordinator when oh who Peyton Manning was the quarterback in Denver MVP caliber Peyton Manning. Maybe Peyton Manning is just really good at football. Maybe he could have done that with any offensive coordinator. But no, his Adam Gase's connection to Manning in Denver got him the job in Miami. Manning gave Gase, uh, you know, Gase a vote of confidence when talking to, to the Jets when they were considering hiring him. And, and in all places, I mean, has it really gone all that well? I mean, in Miami, it certainly didn't. There were a couple years where with Tannehill, I think they, they were going 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6. and six. I don't know. I don't buy it. I, I don't think that the Jets are, um, are really, should really feel good about, about Gase moving forward. I'll tell you what, Le'Veon Bell, God, I love watching Le'Veon Bell play, uh, play this year, um, he, he's really the, the bright spot of the Jets, and what a return from him. I know the Jets are bad this year, and, and we won't get to see him uh, on a winning football team, but um, but man, Le'Veon Bell looks great. Sam Darnold, seeing ghosts, <laughs> not a good sign. Um, defense is scattered. Top five pick, I think they should go anywhere uh, on, on the defensive side of the football. I would hope corner, if, if Jeffrey Okuda is available. Um 
Yeah, I, I mean, maybe maybe up there is high. Maybe you want to go for, for an offensive lineman. If they fall back closer to the 8 to 12 range, maybe you reach on, on the best tackle available, the best offensive lineman available. But uh, this season's a wash for the Jets. Absolutely humiliated by the Patriots. I don't think we expected anything less. If you did, uh, you are an overly optimistic Jets fan. And so uh, Jets at 28, um, not not too good. And one spot ahead of them, the New York Football Giants. Um, last week I had them at 25, I believe. And oh my God, if I don't stop start putting, oh my God, you guys are not going to believe this. One second. All right, I'm back. I just raised a little bit of hell in uh, in the Slack group chat with. Uh, Stampede Blue, because I, I can't believe it. As we are recording this podcast, I got a notification that my power rankings piece went up online at what is just around 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, on the daily schedule, it goes for Wednesday afternoons. I don't get it. I'm trying to get it down. Uh, so it could be out there in the morning. It shouldn't be out there. I don't get the point of putting out an article at 11 p.m. Uh, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. So um, that's annoying. <laughs> but uh, but we could be looking at two weeks in a row now where where uh, this this piece has gone out way ahead of schedule. And so um, whatever. I'm gonna move on from it. Continue on with with what I was talking about. Uh, and we were at 27. The New York Giants. I had him at 25 the week before. Um, Pat Shermer, I, 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 th- I thought when, uh, I thought when Daniel Jones was, was made the starting quarterback and in his first two weeks, I, I really loved the developments we saw with the, um, with, with Pat Shermer's offense. But since then, I mean, I just have started to, to lose confidence in him and, uh, he, he looked lost this past week against Arizona and, um. For me, you know, uh, I'm starting to lose a little confidence, and I guess both head coaches now that play in a MetLife Stadium. Listen, the Jets are the Giants, just like the Jets, aren't a good football team. You know, they've got problems on. Uh, they've got problems on just about everywhere on the back end of their defense, linebacking core, offensive line. Um, I like. I like the fact that you you know you go into the off season, maybe you go heavy on the defense, heavy on the offensive line. I mean, the young skill players, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, great, great core. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. would have made it even better. But I think you can go in, fix the offensive line, fix the defense. Maybe Shermer turns things around, uh, but maybe he's not the guy. But uh, Giants at 27, not feeling too great about him. But uh, the future should be bright on offense at least. Number 26, staying right where they were, and I, I don't even – necessarily know why they didn't move any further down i guess i just felt more pessimistic about the other teams i listed ahead but 26 the denver broncos joe flacco looked just he looked awful (laughs) against the chiefs um the chiefs were just putting pressure on him all the time and then joe just wasn't prepared for it even toward the end of that game just looked lost um now emmanuel sanders is gone maybe chris harris jr is in line next to uh denver's doing the tactic that i think all these teams up to this point should do Get rid of your 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 players that can um, provide you know an upgrade uh, to a playoff caliber team. Try and get some draft picks. Uh, the Broncos, 
kind of like the Bengals. I would love to see Drew Locke out there once he's back and active and you know able to play football. I don't think I, I think we've seen enough out of Joe to know that he's not the long term uh, plan. And so if you can get Drew Locke out there, maybe decide by the end of the season if he's the guy moving forward. I think he I think he is. Um, but you know, look forward to 2020 with with maybe Drew Locke, fun running back duo in, in Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, Bradley Chubb back on defense, Von, uh, Von Miller. You know, address the back end of that defense uh, in the draft, add in a, a safety to replace Kareem Jackson, maybe some cornerback depth. Uh, Broncos, they're just one of those teams that I feel like is a quarterback, like a, a solid quarterback would take that team to, at the very least, a 9-7 and seven caliber type team that could push for a wild card spot in the AFC. So maybe they're almost there, but uh, we just need to see if the quarterback is the answer. Broncos at 26. Right ahead of them, the... LA Chargers, who just keep finding uh, new ways to lose. I got the Chargers at 25. They just find new ways to lose football games, um, and, and it's it's almost surprising. I mean, they, they just, they're the, they're the like I said last week, and I've said it before, they're the fake good team this year, high expectations, a lot of injuries. They keep losing offensive linemen. They lost Forrest Lamp, I think, for the entire season, had to have ankle surgery. Um, Chargers are a bad team. Um, other thing I talked about, it, if they're, if they're looking at a top 10, pick this year they're gonna look at quarterback and they should you know one year behind philip rivers let rivers play one last season if he wants if not throw the rookie right in if philip decides to retire after this year but um a lot of young guys on defense that i like the wide receiving core is is fun just uh just an unlucky year for him talented team otherwise but uh but just uh banged up inconsistent and uh and yeah just not good charges at 25 Right ahead of them, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 24. Uh, they didn't play and somehow moved up three spots for me, um, but that's just because I was disappointed in the Giants, Chargers, and Broncos. Um, don't worry, though. Jameis Winston will give him a fair shot to slip right back down. Um, they play the Titans this week, in which I was hoping we would finally get to, to see for the final time Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota, but unfortunately Tannehill's in there for Tennessee. Um, that that defense will give Winston uh, a real tough go at it. Um, Tampa Bay at 24. 23, the Pittsburgh Steelers also had the week off and uh, and moved down a spot. Um, I, I had another team that I was just really impressed by that jumped ahead of them. But um, Pittsburgh, talented players on defense, poor defensive system. I've been saying it since we started this show and, and even well before that over unreasonably outrageous. Um, defensive coordinator needs to go. I think offensive line is great. I think the talent on defense is solid. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster could definitely use another very talented wide receiver alongside him. Um, I was never the biggest James Conner believer. Still has good good games. I, I don't know. I just feel like uh, any running back can do well behind that offensive line. And um, yeah, just an unfortunate season without Big Ben. See what you get out of Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges. I don't think any of them are the long-term future. But uh, but maybe they can one of them can prove me wrong by the end of the season and and be the maybe long term uh, plan behind Ben Roethlisberger. But uh, Steelers get another win this uh, Monday in a game I probably won't want to watch at all against the Dolphins. But um, Steelers without a first round pick definitely will want to uh, win that game just to to make that pick a little bit uh, worse for Miami. But still a bad team. Uh, Poor defensive scheme, no quarterback, lack of consistency in the, in the receiving core. I don't love the running backs. Uh, Pittsburgh at 23. Now, the team that I had jumped them, 
um, team that that I th- I think I just I, I I love watching now. I put them on Sunday ticket, and I don't even think twice about it now. Is is the Arizona Cardinals? Last week I had them at twenty three, now up to twenty two. They're slowly climbing up there. Have another chance to uh, to move forward again this weekend, but um. I love watching Kyler Murray, even though in the Giants he didn't have a great showing through the air. Watching him, um, you know, escape from the pocket, evade defenders, scramble. Uh, he's a fun guy to watch. They have a lot of holes uh, throughout the entire roster. How about Chase Edmonds coming out, though, with David Johnson hurt? Uh, three touchdown day. Um, Cliff and Kyler got things rolling. I don't think anybody could say that they would think that the uh, that the Cardinals would be sitting at 500 by October uh, 23rd. So... Pleasantly surprised with the Cardinals. Um, sustainable, probably not this year, but something to build off of. Arizona at 22. And now to the Titans at 21. They stand pat from where I had them last week at 21 as well. Uh, Ryan Tannehill does the one thing that, that Vrabel wants out of his quarterback, and that's the ability to put up points. Um, they should have lost the game. Like I said, the Chargers had five, six opportunities to at least send it overtime or win the game. Fortunately, the ball just was, you know, luckily rolled the Titans' way. Um, they'll have another chance to move further up, move to 500, uh, if they're able to to take down the Buccaneers this week. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is another team. I'm just excited about to see who's at quarterback next year because it's a uh, talented young skill players, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, very good defense. I like Mike Vrabel. I think he's a good coach. Um, Titans at 21. Browns didn't play this week. Um, I, f- I feel like I'm still too high on the Browns. I've got them at 20. Um, they they won't look good against the Patriots this week. Baker won't look good against the Patriots this week, and, and they'll be pretty down. But things will start turning for them. They'll be 2-5 and five at that point. But beyond that, uh, they've got a chance to win four of their next five games. Now, I think they lose to the Bills a couple weeks down the road, but they got winnable games against the Broncos. They play the Steelers twice and the Dolphins as well. So if you're 2-5... and five, you could be staring at a six and six opportunity with with hopefully some momentum rolling if you get those three wins to 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 end that stretch. Um, so Cleveland could get its swagger back with that and really carry some momentum to try and push for a wild card spot. Uh, but for now, at two and four, uh, I've got them at twenty, and, and barely just ahead of them at number nineteen, the Chicago Bears, and uh, and really the the Bears. Um, they, they just, they just make me upset. <laughs> you know, this, this team, I mean, could you imagine if Pat Mahomes or, or, uh, Deshaun Watson was, was with this defense, was with Matt Nagy, was with Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, Taylor Gabriel, all the weapons that they have over there. Um, but it's Mitch Trubisky. Ryan Pace is going to go down as the guy, like he, no matter what he's able to accomplish in his career, and, you know, the, the great team that they had last year, the Khalil Mack trade they were able to pull off, he will go down as the guy that could have had Pat Mahomes, could have had Deshaun Watson, and took Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky, listen, if I'm the if I'm the, if I'm I'm the the Bears, I'm not going to stretch this out as long as possible to see if he's the future. I'm not wasting the time that I did if I'm the Bucks and the Titans. I'm not going to stretch it out as long to see if Winston or Mariota can form it together. If I see that, that my defense is extremely talented... I've got young uh, skilled players. I've got talented skilled players, a good offensive line. Finally, a kicker there as well, too. I'm not going to waste my time trying to see if Mitch is the guy. I think we can see it already. 
Just as like we said with Mariota and Winston a couple years back, we could see it already when a guy is not the guy. Mitchell Trubisky is not the guy for Chicago. He is not a, an NFL starting quarterback for a winning football team. They had a good season last year. They, they managed to do it. Uh, I don't think that this is sustainable for him. And we've seen it this year. He looks awful. So, so if I'm the Bears, uh, I try and move on from Mitch after this season. I know it's early to give up on a second or third overall pick, wherever he was. But you've got such a talented team, and that window is so small. And in an NFC that's so competitive year in and year out, you're just going to have to really do your best to keep around there. Um, maybe this is a team that goes out and trades for, for Nick Foles. I, I don't know. I don't know what quarterback market would be out there. I've seen stuff, maybe, you know, a second-round pick, they go for a guy like Jalen Hurts to, to throw into that offense. Mitch isn't the guy. I think we should move past the days of of really holding on to our quarterbacks. We saw the Jaguars waste a ton of talented uh, seasons because Blake Bortles was their quarterback. We saw it with Winston and Mariota. They're not the guys. Let's give up on them early enough. Give up on Mitch after this year. Move past it. And, and Ryan Pace, if you do so, you'll hopefully be able to salvage uh, what you know will be um, you know, the downfall or, or the, the, the red X um, on your career, and that's, and that's drafting Mitch over Watson and Mahomes. So figure it out, Chicago. That was, my I guess, my, my big rant for the day. Did that one for, for, for a little bit longer, but uh, Bears at 19, frustrated. Frustrated with the Bears, man. They, they're wasting a, a ton of potential there. I'm going to zip through these next few to get to our top 10 so I can break those down a little more in depth. I've got the Raiders at 18. Last week they were at 19. I, I was impressed with the way they came out in the first half against the Green Bay Packers. And I'm, dude, I'm I'm excited to see them come to Vegas. I'm a little optimistic now. John Gruden will be fun coach over there. Uh, the young offensive guys like Josh Jacob and Darren Waller, uh, of course, your your two defensive first round picks, Jonathan Abram, unfortunately out for the season. Clayton Farrell, hopefully, can continue to to make strides in his rookie season. Uh, but the Raiders. I'm excited to see them move to Vegas. I got them at 18. Uh, right ahead of them, Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I can't figure out this team. I mean, yeah, they beat the Bengals, so it's it's not a quality win. Um, but they, they play the Jets this weekend. And, and after that, they get a chance to be to be at 500. And, and right around there with, with Tennessee, just uh, maybe a game or two out of the division with, with Indy and Houston. Who knows? But uh, Jags at 17. I've got the Eagles at 16, and they are slowly, slowly falling. Um. I just think they, they just can't string together a full game of consistency uh, on offense or defense. The run defense, very good. Carson Wentz, a talented quarterback. They got weapons out there. But the run offense is so inconsistent, and the back end of their defense is really is really struggling. Um, you know, they were reportedly in there for Jalen Ramsey. Now they got to take a look at some other corners. Maybe Chris Harris Jr. is available out there. Who knows? But I got the Eagles slowly falling. I, I had them at 13 last week. Uh, they're all the way down to 16 this week, 3-4, and four, and uh, it's going to be tough. Number 15, the Detroit Lions. This was actually my biggest, I think this was my biggest faller of the week. Um, and, and that goes in with the trade for Quandre Diggs and kind of where I'm assessing how they're assessing their season. 2-3-1 um, and one now. I thought that their secondary was just bad because they faced guys like Rodgers and Mahomes. Uh, but then Kirk Cousins threw for 300 plus yards and four touchdowns. Uh, no reason to let that happen. Detroit slowly slipping. I think it's a good team, good foundation, but... Uh, Maybe just this year isn't the year I got them at 15. 14, the Minnesota Vikings, and I wish I had more time to talk about this one, and maybe I'll bring it up later in the week, but uh, Kirk Cousins is, is about to play all y'all that are, that are buying into Minnesota. I, I It's so funny. He's feasting up on bad secondaries. Um, the Eagles, I'm trying to think if it was the Jets or the Giants. 
and uh, and now the 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 Lions, he's he's playing you. And uh, and of course he's gonna play again this Thursday against the Redskins. I think this is a team that uh, it, by December we're looking at it seven and four, eight and three. They're in that wild card spot. They're just outside the division with Green Bay. And then Kirk Cousins is gonna do what Kirk Cousins loves to do, and they're gonna end the season nine and seven, eight and eight. Just missed the playoffs. Um, I, I think if if any of you are buying stock in Minnesota, I think y'all are fools. Kirk Cousins is just setting you up for failure again and disappointment. And uh, that's why I got the Vikings at 14. Now, on to 13, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, another team that I would kind of put in that fraud conversation. When they look good, they're great. When they look bad, they look awful. Last week, they looked awful against the Jets, who then got embarrassed by the Patriots. And this week, they tore apart of a, an inconsistent Philadelphia team. So, <clears throat> um, Dak Prescott isn't the problem, like I said. Last week, he's not the problem. Um, they, they, he looks great. I, I thought he's had a really good season. Uh, Zeke finally got something going against the Eagles this past week. Um, Eagles had been pretty good against the run before that. Um, but I think Dallas is more of a pretender. Um, I'm calling that division the NFC least. I think that whoever comes out of that is the four seed and has a good chance of being bounced by whatever wildcard team they have to take on. Number 12, the Carolina Panthers. Big game coming up this week for him. Last week I had him at 12, um, but they take on the undefeated San Francisco 49ers, and that'll be a, a probably, I mean, just taking a look, the biggest test for Kyle Allen this year. Uh, very tough defense, and so if they can hold their own, I don't expect them to win, but if they can hold their own against uh, San Francisco, uh, I'll feel a lot more confident with how I assess them. Uh, Carolina at 12, and then 11, the Houston Texans, the 4-3 and three Houston Texans. <clears throat> for the Texans, their formula is simple. When Deshaun Watson doesn't turn the ball over or get sacked, they win games. When he is brought to the ground a bunch, when he turns over the ball, they lose. This season, this franchise rides and dies based on the play of Deshaun Watson. And uh, the Colts did a great job of consistently putting pressure on him. Sacked him, picked him off twice. Um, but if if Watson can still stay upright for the majority of the season, he has the chance to lead this team in the postseason and... and um, he's, he's one of those few guys that when he's rolling, he can single-handedly win games for teams. I think this franchise is dysfunctional. I don't like Bill O'Brien as a head coach. I'm not convinced on their defense. And, um, but I think just solely off of Watson, uh, they can be a winning franchise. I got Houston at 11. All right. And now we're rolling into, uh, Blake's big 10, <laughs> my top 10, uh, top 10 teams in the NFL as we're approaching, uh, the, the midway point of the season. And, um, Going to go into these ones a little more, more in depth. Sorry, I'm going to switch probably over to the 45-minute uh, time frame for this, but I'll try and keep it in there. Uh, at number 10, the Los Angeles Rams. Last week I had them at 8, and I, I pushed them back a little because um, I had some other teams jump ahead of them that I was really impressed with. Am I supposed to be impressed that the Rams destroyed the Falcons? I mean, great to get Jared Goff some confidence. Good to see Jalen Ramsey in a Rams uniform taking things on his forced fumble. Am I supposed to feel that confident about the Rams beating up on one of the worst teams in football? Like, they destroyed them, but Atlanta's supposed to be bad. Um, I I have fake optimism with the Rams. I expected them to be a, a deep in the NFC postseason picture. Um, I think I had them going almost to the NFC championship game. I'll have to look back and see, but I think they're a talented team. Still worried about their offensive line. Um, of course, the trade for Jalen Ramsey hopefully fixes up things in their secondary. But, man, 
It's going to come down to it's going to come down to to number 16, Jared Goff. You got paid and and so far it has not looked pretty. Um lots of things to fix if if you're if you're Jared Goff for this Rams team, but uh for now Rams talented, Sean McVay good, Jalen Ramsey great addition. Uh Rams at 10. Right ahead of them in the same division, the Seattle Seahawks. The 5 and 2 Seattle Seahawks. Uh, last week I had them at 6, dropping down to 9 now. Seattle's one of those teams that it kind of reminds me of the Texans with Deshaun Watson. Um, Russell Wilson needs to play perfect in order for this team to win games. He was good against the Ravens, but not great. He had some turnovers, some misplays, and and Baltimore was able to capitalize on the opportunity, held him to 16 points. Um, Seahawks are a very solid team. Still worried about some of the pieces on their defense. If the run game can't get going, Chris Carson wasn't able to do much against the Ravens. Um, that just takes away a whole nother layer of that offense, and it puts a lot more pressure um, on Russell. And so maybe that's the key to you, you need the run game to be going. But um, yeah, Seattle uh, really, really left me wondering. I wouldn't feel comfortable putting money on Seattle this uh, just yet. I know they're at five and two. I said I said earlier, you know, in last week's episode or. or Whenever I had said it, um, the Seahawks were a seven-point difference between being a four-and-one team and a one-and-four team. So maybe they just had a couple lucky breaks. Uh, Baltimore gave them a tough go. Um, I, I don't feel too great about Seattle, but um, as long as, as Russell Wilson can still play at the MVP level season and, and be like a guy like Deshaun Watson, he can carry this team into the postseason. Those are the two guys right now that, that can just do it on their own. Seahawks at nine. Right ahead of them. Uh, my Indianapolis Colts, now at four and two atop the division. Um, what what was really impressive to me with the Colts uh, this past week is everything that had been going great for them uh, was on the run uh, with their rush attack. Their offensive line: Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, Jordan Wilkins. The rush attack was unbelievable. Uh, we saw you know when they took down Kansas City, and so what did Houston try and do? They put all of their effort into stopping the run game. So what did Frank Reich do? Uh, he let Jacoby Brissett go wild. Brissett looked great, tore apart that secondary. Um, now, of course, you could say that's because Houston put so much focus in stopping the run that the pass game was susceptible to, you know, giving up deep plays um, to guys like Zach Pascal, Eric Ebron, T.Y. Hilton. But um, for the Colts, if you're able to do that, I mean, great defenses will be able to shut down your your run and your pass options. But good defenses and average defenses will only be able to take away one if any. And so if you're the Colts and you can rely on both your pass game and your run game to win uh, in tough battles, uh, I think that's a great sign for the Colts. Brissett looked good. I still, you know, jury's still out. You know, Brissett hasn't really, you know, it, it's it's still in his uh, second full season as a starter. 2017 was a, a lot different. But um, I like where the Colts are going. Organizational-wise, I think you, you try and look at... Uh, teams who are trying to clone what New England is doing. I think Indianapolis has established a culture starting up top with Chris Ballard and all the way down through that entire coaching staff, scouting department, personnel, players. Um, it's a great environment to be in Indianapolis right now. And uh, there's dynasty potential there if, if they can get things right. Indy at eight. Number seven, the Baltimore Ravens, my highest riser of the week. And I just, I, now that I say that, I get worried. Last week I had him at 15. Look, um, they looked good against Seattle. Beat up, beat up on that defense. I was very impressed. I did not expect them to win that game. 
Um, you know, on Friday, we'll talk about my game picks. They were one of the three games that I picked. You know, I, I picked Seattle when I, they were one of the three games that I got wrong this week. Um, Lamar Jackson didn't have a great day throwing, but when you can add 100 plus yards and a touchdown on the ground, that'll make up for shortcomings through the air. Um, Baltimore secondary looked good. I'm not sure. Let me let me see another week or two out of it before I think Marcus Peters was just the game changer back there. Of course, uh, you know, I don't know. Baltimore, a little cautious putting them up at seven, but um, I think that they're they're well, extremely well coached with Harbaugh. I think their defense definitely was missing some guys up front, but I think the secondary now can help them with that. And um, offensive line is good. Rush attack is good. Um, receiving options, young guys to be excited about. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic now about the Ravens. Had them jump up eight spots this week from 15. I got the Ravens at seven. Number six, and, and despite the lackluster win, I have the Buffalo Bills moving up a spot. I had them at seven last week. Um, this is more because I had some teams, you know, fall below, uh, you know, below the sixth spot. Um, but for Buffalo, you know, you were able to pull out the win. I feel like that's a trap game that you walk into off of your bye, off some tough wins, you know, a tough game against the Patriots, a tough win over Tennessee. You go into your bye, you're like, oh, next week we got the Miami Dolphins. They're not trying to win. And, of course, it was a little bit closer. They ended up winning ended up winning by, by more than they should have because, you know, the um, onside kick returned for a touchdown. But they got out of that alive. I think it was just a trap game that caught them off guard. Take a look at their schedule. Let me pull it up just to, to give you the specific names. They're sitting at a chance where uh, they could be looking at what, like a 10 and 2 standing by, by Thanksgiving? I mean, they've got the Eagles this week. Maybe that's the trap game. I don't think it is. I think they should beat Philadelphia pretty easily. Then they've got the Redskins, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Broncos. I mean, if they win all of those, I mean, that's five more wins to go along. I, I mean, that that would be a a 10-1 team. That's, that's a 10-1 team for Buffalo by Thanksgiving. Um, so, at the very least, they're getting that top wild card spot. And, I mean, the schedule isn't... I mean, it's, it's not easy after that. I mean, they've got the Cowboys, the Bills, and the Patriots. Or, sorry, the, the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Patriots. But two easier games against the Jets and Steelers in there, too. I mean, what if what if the Bills finish the season at, like, 12-4 and four and end up in a wild-card spot? Definitely a favorable schedule. I mean, being, you know, the Patriots have the lightest schedule. The Bills are right up there for being in that same division. But very impressed with Buffalo. Stop booing Josh Allen. Look, I mean, it, it was a tough go for him. Maybe the trap game, I you know, I, I we would all love to see more consistency out of Josh Allen and see him take strides. But, um... The Bills are winning games. I wouldn't complain. Uh, very talented team. Great defense. Maybe the second best defense in football. Uh, right behind New England. Um, and and they're gonna they're gonna have a great record over the next month. So Bills at six. Number five, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, listen, the, the before the season started, I was most excited about seeing the Chiefs take on the Packers in, in Week Eight. I don't know how many times we'll be able to get the chance uh, to see Mahomes and Rodgers play against one another. Hopefully there's a road down there where the two meet in a Super Bowl and we get to see it. I guess what well, it would be another 
eight years. Yeah, I, I don't, or another four years. I don't know how the scheduling works, but we'd have to hope that Rodgers makes it another four years to see them play against each other again. It's kind of one of those situations where we, we wish we would get to see Brady and Rodgers play against each other more often. We've only seen it twice. But uh, I got the Chiefs at five. Pat Mahomes won't be around for a couple weeks, and I think that that is kind of it's kind of a similar situation to what we saw with Sean Payton uh, putting Teddy Bridgewater in there. Now, Bridgewater, I think, is more talented than Matt Moore, but what it allowed Sean McVay to, or sorry, Sean Payton to really do is get back into the lab and and, and just be a, a madman when it came to play calling and, and um, taking a look at the games. I think that now you'll see... Um, You'll see Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy get together, and I think what you saw through the rest of that Chiefs game, Bieniemy was possessed. I mean, God, they were just ripping apart the Broncos. And uh, for the Chiefs now, I mean, they got tough sledding against the Packers, but beyond that, I think they'll be able to do do just fine to stay alive. And uh, listen, if things go well, if if their offense doesn't doesn't skip a beat, Eric Bieniemy finally will get a head coaching gig next year. He's been deserving of one for a few years now. Very talented offensive coordinator. He'll make a team very happy. Um, I'm surprised it's taken this long, but I think not having Mahomes and having Matt Moore for a couple weeks in there, seeing how well the offense should still do, um, hopefully Biennemi gets a job. I expect him to. Um, Chiefs at five. Number four, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, listen, to me, if Frank Reich uh, wasn't doing what he is doing in Indy this year, Sean Payton would probably be uh, the runaway favorite for coach of the year at this point. Um, amid all the distractions from the you know the the two postseason exits in the previous years to losing Drew Brees, they've they've taken no excuses for a letdown season. They're off to a terrific start, six and one now, um, tied for the second best record in the NFC, right behind the undefeated 49ers. I mean. I mean, they tore apart the Bears, and I know the Bears have their problems, and we talked about that earlier, but um, they did it without Drew Brees, without Alvin Kamara, without Jared Cook, and uh, and yeah, they, they were, I mean, it was Michael Thomas, Latavius Murray, and Teddy Bridgewater taking care of things. Um, the Saints haven't skipped a beat w- without Drew Brees, and now he'll be back. I'm not sure if it's this week. If it's me, I take the time. I'm patient with him. There's no need to rush him back if you're 6-1. If you're and one. I wouldn't worry about putting him out on the field just yet. Uh, you're in no danger of losing that NFC South title to me, even though Carolina is right up around there. I think New Orleans is easily the better team there. So I would I would be patient with Breeze, make sure he's great to come back, and then make that run for the Super Bowl. Could make some magic, New Orleans. What a great what what would be a better way to finish off those two heartbreaking losses than to finish it off with a Super Bowl championship? Breeze getting over that hump, getting his other his his, his championship ring, and just Riding it off into the sunset. Saints at four. Up at number three, they haven't lost yet. And it wasn't a pretty win last week, but I got the San Francisco 49ers at three. I had them at three last week. Um, and and for me, you know, it's just, you know, I look, when I talk about who I've got at two and one, it's pretty, it's pretty apparent who number one is. And number two is just because I have a lot more faith in the guy under center. Um, listen, not to say that I don't have faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. He didn't look great in those weather conditions. I don't know how many quarterbacks would, um, but I think Emmanuel Sanders is a great addition to a wide receiving core that needed another outside threat or a slot guy in there. Um, with, with the absence of Debo Samuel in the meantime, and still while that some of their younger receivers are catching their own footing, great defense. Um, I mean, Kyle Shanahan is is 
one of the brightest minds in the game. San Francisco um, can can do some damage this year. Love getting Sanders. Don't worry about, you know, the, like I said earlier, don't worry about the mid-round picks, the day two, day three picks. If you're going to go do the damn thing, go do the damn thing. Upgrade the positions you think you need to upgrade and, and, and take a shot. 49ers could do some real damage this year. I've got them at three. Number two, and they were number two last week, Green Bay Packers. They're my favorite team in the NFC. Uh, they were my Super Bowl pick to make it out of the NFC. Um, look, when Aaron Rodgers plays at, at a at a great at a good level, an above average level, this is a very good team. When he plays outstanding like he did this past week, it, they look damn near unbeatable. I mean, sure, Oakland gave him a tough run in the first half, but the Packers were able to pull away. Rodgers looks on his money. And like I said, I think Green Bay, San Francisco, and New Orleans, I, I mean, you know, you can shuffle them in any order, but for me personally, if you're giving me Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, and and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. And still, even when he's back, if you give me Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Drew Brees, I am still taking Aaron Rodgers. When he's playing on top of his game, he's the best quarterback in football. He certainly looked like it on Sunday. The defense is solid. The rush attack is there. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, a great one-two duo. I mean, they've got nobody's at receiver making plays week after week. I mean, that, that that's, that's a staple when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and his receivers, but uh, just another showing of it. Matt LaFleur um, doing a great job in his first year. I think the Packers are the team to beat in the NFC, and uh, and I feel pretty good about um, picking them to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Packers at two. And then shocker, shocker. I got the New England Patriots as the number one team in football. Um, I've had them there since the beginning of the season. Look, <laughs> beating the Jets 33-0, is that good enough for everyone out there? Every time I put out a power rankings, the biggest complaint is that the Patriots aren't the number one overall team. Can we just accept it? Can we please finally admit, sorry, sorry they haven't played anybody good. They're taking bad teams and making them look like the 0-16 Lions. Sam Darnold looked great against Dallas. Tore him apart. He couldn't do anything against the New England Patriots defense. And then and then Bill Bill spends Sunday night or Monday night and he's like, damn. We should have beat him by 50. Should have beat the Jets by 50. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna go, oh, let's go get Muhammad Sanu. Another guy in there that's a that's a, a shifty wide receiver. Can can has a cannon of an arm, throws the second hardest football uh, in the NFL. That's that's props to to my guy Adam Lefko for actually testing that out, having Sanu throw some footballs um, with, with Bleacher Report. Second hardest arm, second strongest arm in the in the NFL, plays wide receiver. Just another trick up Bill Belichick's sleeve. Maybe he's not done yet. Maybe Trent Williams is finally on the move somewhere. The Jets, uh, the rich keep getting richer. They're the best team in the league, best coach. Best defense. Look, this year, they've got the greatest coach of all time. And by the end of the year, we are going to say, and, and I know people are hesitant on it now because they haven't played anybody yet, but we are going to say by the end of this year that this is the best defense of all time. And so what? The offense has its inconsistencies. Brady doesn't look great all the time. Sony Michelle runs into his offensive lineman, doesn't do a good job at evading tacklers. Wide receiver depth is meh. Got a lot of guys in there. Got the greatest coach of all time. By the end of the year, hopefully everybody admits that this is the greatest defense of all time. 
It's the greatest I've ever seen. I know I wasn't around for the 85 Bears, and I haven't been around to watch a, a ton of football, but this is the best defense I've ever seen. And the numbers show that they're the best of all time. So Patriots are number one. Uh, I have I have no doubts about it. Uh, they seem on a crash course for yet another Super Bowl victory. There we go. 52 minutes. Um, this one's a little bit tougher to do. Of course, I got a little carried away with myself after I noticed that the uh, <laughs> the power rankings piece got uploaded. Talk to the guys. Uh, we got it taken down, so it's scheduled for tomorrow afternoon. So I don't know if you if you listen to this art, to the podcast, you're like, oh, I can just read this shit. Let me just jump out of here real quick. If you did that, you didn't find it. Sorry you had to come back. Sorry for losing my temper if you're, you know, listening to, uh, if you're listening to, uh, to this show and, and I maybe cause a little bit of a stir in the Slack group, uh, group chat, but sorry about that. Glad to get it out there. Glad to, glad to put out my power rankings, uh, heading into week eight of the NFL season. Super sad that we're almost halfway through, uh, the, the regular season. Um, a lot of fun stuff coming up the rest of the week. Not sure if it's on the board yet, but we might have our first guest tomorrow. Very close friend who's a who's a just a sad, sad sports fan right now. We'll talk a little bit about that. Maybe if he's on. If not, it'll be next week. But Thursday will also be just some some more league-wide topics, taking a look at some film. Friday coming up, picks against the spread. Sunday, I mean I'll talk about it on Friday. I'm not excited about this week of football at all. There aren't there are very few games that are interesting to me. Um, so so we'll go into that. Then we'll coast you into your weekends. Be back next week with uh, some college football Monday game recap Tuesday and then uh, we'll be back right around here with with uh, power rankings on Wednesdays but yes thank you guys so much for listening I really do appreciate it make sure to like subscribe follow share with a friend tell them to listen in building something fun here working on expanding some social pages just opened up an Instagram handle figuring out what the content on there is going to look like consistently uh, looking at some YouTube content but but we're building something it's fun we're just we're just just a just a place for me to share share my thoughts with you but uh like i said this is quick hits i'm blake pace thank you guys so much and we will see you tomorrow